The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo. Today, we will conclude a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority. Pastor Greg has been in chapter two of the book of Galatians, examining the Apostle Paul's thoughts on the Jerusalem Council. When we left off, Pastor had gone back to Acts chapter 15, reviewing the message Peter delivered at that momentous event in order to address the question raised by Paul's comment in Galatians 2 verse 9. Are Peter and the other apostles pillars of the church? Here is the author of The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. But we believe, this is the gospel, verse 11, that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Notice he puts them first. We'll be saved in the same manner as they, not by the law, but by grace. Verse 11 could easily fit into any letter, any epistle of the Apostle Paul, but it comes out of the mouth of Peter. They knew the truth, they knew the gospel of grace, and they would never stop Barnabas and Paul from preaching it. They're not so taken with their self-importance, but they're humble to the truth of God in spite of the pressures and in spite of the Judaizers. And so you have the success of the Jerusalem Council. And that's what I want to really emphasize in this section. A council that I've heard so many different teachings on, in my mind, when you put Galatians together with Acts, it is a tremendous success on how authority should work in the church and a balance in that dynamic tension between appointed authority and independence in the sight of the Lord. Tremendous example. Now, they are pillars, but they're not infallible, right? Get up, I'm also a man, Peter says. They're, not, they're never claiming to be infallible. Stay there, kiss my ring, and wait for me to give you my proclamation. That's not the attitude of Peter, right? And if you look on in Galatians, look what happens. At different times in our lives, at different times we can get weak, right? Sometimes we're so strong in faith, and other times you have all types of situations going on around you, and we become weak and we do stupid things. And the apostles and the elders, they're no different. And you have an instance recorded in the Bible, and just like the Old Testament records all the blemishes of Abraham and David, the New Testament records all the blemishes of, of Peter and Paul. You know, Paul, don't let John Mark come with us. Uh, and Barnabas, who encouraged him, they have such a dispute that even Barnabas has to get away from him. Look what happens with Peter here. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, this is later on, and you can imagine, imagine the, the, the church at Antioch, they hear about what happened when Jesus walked and Peter walking on water, and now Peter, who walked on water, is coming to the church at Antioch. In their minds, he has tremendous impact, and he does, whether he likes it or not, he does. Paul says, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. 
For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. Well, he saw the sheet come down, right? He knows it's okay. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. He must have been saying to himself, oh, no, I'm going to get it again. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to explain it all over again. He's not in the place he was at Pentecost where he's out there proclaiming the gospel. He's back to being his old fleshly Peter who doesn't want, he's afraid. You know, I don't know this man. Uh, I never saw him before as when Jesus was on trial. And he doesn't want to deal with the problem of the Judaizers coming up and watching him and he's going to have to report what happened and start all over again. He withdraws and separated himself, fearing, right, that's his fleshly problem, Peter, fear, fearing those who are of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also, remember in Antioch you have the perfect blend of a church with Jews and Gentiles, one, one sheepfold brought together in Jesus Christ. And now the Jewish believers are going to see Peter. So what do they do? The rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him so that even Barnabas was carried away with the hypocrisy. They all started to separate themselves. It was easier that way. You know, this way we don't have to report what's being done. Then when they're gone, we'll go back together. And you have the tremendous fellowship of Jew with Gentile that was there at the moment with Peter's there and they're all enjoying food together. A wall of separation comes in again, which is not the gospel. And it wasn't meant to be. And this has been a problem over the centuries, right? Uh, the Jews were kicked out of the synagogues for believing in Jesus Christ. That's what happened initially. The believers in Jesus Christ went to the synagogue. The synagogue kicked them out. And they became assimilated into the Gentile culture. It's not the gospel when Christians say, oh, those Jews rather than witnessing to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not the gospel when Jewish believers get saved and form Messianic congregations that look down upon Gentile churches as though they're somehow more special because they're Jewish. None of that. It's all a wall of separation, and it wasn't meant to be. It was meant to be one sheepfold in Jesus Christ. So this wall of separation comes up, Peter has a vision. He knows he can eat with them. He separates himself, but he's Peter. Whether he likes it or not, people are going to follow what he does. The other Jews do it, and even Barnabas does it. And now you need to have somebody independent-minded to stand up, and you have Paul that stands up and says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel... Notice and over and over again the truth of the gospel. I said to Peter before them all, in front of everybody, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? That's what he's doing, right? Because in order to feel more accepted, how would you feel all of a sudden if certain people in the church separated themselves from you, they could eat with you, you'd want to say, well, what do I need to do to be accepted? And really, you're doing the work of those Judaizers years ago who came up here and said, you have to be circumcised according to the law of Moses. You stood up and said the right thing, Peter, but by your actions, you're going to do what they couldn't accomplish. Why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, 
that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law die to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And that's really the same thing Peter said at the council, by the grace of God. We're all transgressors. We've all broken the spiritual law, the ceremonial law. We declare ourselves transgressors, and now we live not according to traditions, but according to the life of Jesus Christ inside of us, which was being manifested by Gentiles being made holy in fellowship with Jews believing in Jesus Christ, having fellowship together at that table, and you're breaking that. And he confronts Peter face to face with it. He confronts him openly. Peter is human. Every person is human by definition. And except for Jesus Christ, everyone will make a mistake. And that's why no man is infallible. That's why you don't, and if the person is of God, they won't allow you to, you don't lift them up into a position of Christ on earth. But they're still mighty tools of God, right? They can be used by God. And you have this dynamic tension that truth of the gospel might prevail. Fearsome authority, we've seen it, right? You've seen it with Adonis and Sapphira, the shadow of Peter passing on people and being healed. Fearsome authority, but still men and brethren, men and brothers. Do you know how much Peter loved Jesus and loved the gospel of truth? He would go at the end of his life to a place where he did not wish to go. And he would stretch out his arms and he would die a horrible crucifixion, bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. And I'll close this morning with some of the last words we have of Peter. In 2 Peter chapter 3, the end of his letter, starting at verse 14. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord, the Lord's patience, is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to understand, which untoward and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they also do the rest of the scriptures. Speaking of Paul's writings, you therefore, beloved, 
since you know this beforehand. Beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy scriptures and for the pillars, the foundations of our faith in the church. They were human, they were frail, but Father God, you used them as powerful brethren and they were humble and obedient unto you. Father, we pray that you would raise up new generations of believers in Christ Jesus who would walk in the fullness of the anointing of your Holy Spirit and do likewise even as we go into the days of the end times. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so happy that you could join us for today's Bible study program. If you would like to listen to this program again, or any one of the hundreds of radio programs in our library archive, just go to www.shearjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. And if you are in the Madison, Connecticut area, we invite you to join us for our Sunday service. Service time is 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane, adjacent to the town green. And there are directions on the website. Please join us again for our next broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.